Hi, you're very welcome to the film show. I'm Mike Sheridan. Done by just Deirdre Malumbi this week. But also off camera. You looked hurt there. Yeah, I was like just Deirdre Malumbi and you were like oh, yeah. I'm here too. I am here. <laughs> Rude. You are most certainly here, uh, David, producer Dave. But there's no Brian Light this week in case nope. uh, people were wondering why it was so quiet. Um, but there's something I want to talk about with Brian. And uh, I haven't actually brought this up off air, but I think we I think we need to discuss it. And uh, producer Dave, this would have been well before your time, but within your time in the past few years. Okay. Right? So there's a show called The Big Bang Theory. And Brian Lloyd wrote one of his um, customary hot takes on that show a couple of years ago, saying how much he hated it. Brian mentioned last week that he got death threats. That was what he got death threats for. Well, that was one mm. of the reasons why Brian got Stop. death threats. Well, I occasionally I'll give him death threats on a bi-weekly basis, depending on what he comes out with. Um, but yeah, he got actual death threats for this because the piece went viral and was picked up by, by um, I think Yahoo or something like that. So there was a lot of US um, views on the piece and mm-hmm. he's then, people then found him on Facebook, found out where he went to college before for some reason. I don't know, maybe they wanted to do a background check. Anyway, um, Brian came out about a year ago. We need to find the tweet, but a year, year and a half ago and said that he believed, no, he said if the Big Bang Theory was cancelled, Brian M. Lloyd was going to run down Great Strand Street naked. He said he would do that. And nobody's brought this up. So... Have uh, you been sitting on this for... I've been sitting on this because Brian's not here. So I was going to... It would have been probably better to show him while he was here. Hmm. But I, I'd say he's probably going to listen to this. He's off on Holobobs with his oh, missus yeah. in Porto. Yeah, true. Um, so He'll miss the sound of our voices. He will miss the sound of our voices. Especially me. Especially you. Because mm-hmm. you have a lovely voice. Thank you. Um, and the lovely LinkedIn picture as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, I think uh, I think we need to um, gang up on Brian and, and um, make him run nude down a, a somewhat dodgy. Uh, oh, we say Great Strangely because that's where the old office was. Okay, I'm not entirely sure where that is. It's, you've ever seen the, you've seen Dublin Old School? That's where no. a lot of the drug. It's where it's a lot of drug addicts hang out. It's not the most attractive streets. <laughs> yeah, school. Oh, okay. kind of manky. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, that's a polite. That's a polite word for. Love the time there. Had character though, dude. Right, I had character. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll move on to the reviews. The, there's only one review this week. Yes. Uh, Happy Time Murders is out, but it was screened very, very late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian reviewed it for the site um, and myself and yourself didn't have a, a chance to get to it, which by all accounts is probably a positive thing because it is not getting good reviews. No, not at all. I think Brian gave it one and a half stars, which is pretty bad. He's the void of joy, though. Uh, yeah, but I I don't think I've seen one positive review for this anywhere. Like even like the, you know, negative ones keep on coming up in my Twitter feed and everything. Some people are saying it's the worst film they've seen in years, the worst film of the year. It's just apparently it's just not funny. It's very crude. It's like inappropriate, but not in the right ways. It's not kind of as challenging or as like subversive as it thinks it is and just basically got it wrong. So unfortunately. It's, just, it's like it says obviously just from the trailer at least it's puppets cursing um, and just being kind of disgusting. Yeah. The trailer was really funny. Yeah. yeah. So if that's the type of humour that it carries forward then I'm still going to go and see it. Yeah I do want to see it at some point but at the same time I'm like no one seems to have a positive take on this so far. <laughs> it must no be one. Bad. So it must be bad. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing at least if one review comes out that's yeah. praising it. It's what at they 22% see is. of Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. some people did, but that's that's a pretty lowly. Yeah. Oh. It's still not good. Melissa McCarthy's on a bit of a bit of a poor run. 
uh, yeah. as of late. I think the last movie she made a couple of movies where her husband Ben Falcone has directed them. Yeah, yeah. I think Life of the Party. Life I think party was the last that one. Well it was very, yeah. I saw that one actually. It's very me. There's just not much to it. It's like, oh, she's a cringy mom. She's saying all these inappropriate things about her daughter. Ha ha ha. That ha 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 wasn't real. <laughs> you took that sarcasm from producer Dave. That's like something you do. Thank you. There we now. Yeah. Seminal. You're seminal. Influential. I am. There we are now. Okay, so let's move on <laughs> to an actual review of a yes. movie you've seen, D. Uh, Searching is John Cho. Or Cho. I'm or John not, Cho. I'm not Cho or Cho. 100% um, Excuse our pronunciation or my pronunciation at least. Um, it's been getting phenomenal reviews. Yes, it's uh, really, really it's good. It's super intriguing setup, right? What's mm-hmm. it about? So essentially setup wise, it's about this and it's not the next Taken because everyone's like, oh, that's totally Taken. It is not Taken. So essentially um, this father, his 16 year old um, daughter goes missing and the only way that he can find her is to basically track her digital footprints online and the setup of this is very similar to a horror movie we would have seen a few years ago called Unfriended and actually the sequel to it Unfriended Dark Web came out this year and both of those films I think especially the sequel actually got quite good reviews but essentially the whole film is shot you see the whole film through screens so phone screens when they're making calls or through like Skype or FaceTime, different things like that. Or you see it through laptop screens. So you see him actually like go onto her Facebook profile and kind of create these files and all of these other things. And that's how the entire film is done. Or sometimes on like TV screens, you know, for like, say, news reports and stuff like that. Um, So it's a really, really interesting setup but as well it's just a really great thriller like it's genuinely like edge of your seat stuff I went to an evening screening of this with like you know quite it was I think it was nearly kind of sold out I think I think it was pretty packed audience anyway and people were genuinely like gasping and whispering and getting <gasps> excited and I think that's always a good sign yeah exactly yeah, like, like that, that. yeah Is it, they, that, that's one of those um, I, sp- I suppose plot devices that could go very much either way mm-hmm. uh, where you know if that's all the movie has to rely on yeah. then it's going to get old pretty fast but mm-hmm. this is there's obviously more to it yeah that's just it and I really like the way that it kind of like um, sets up the father and daughter's relationship even through the kind of ways that that they communicate with each other through there's these devices. It's really kind of nicely done, you know, because the father kind of realizes more and more how little he actually knows his daughter. And that kind of makes it less and less likely. Is he actually going to find her in the end? Um, we also have Deborah Messing in this film. She would Grace. be known exactly as Grace from Will and Grace. She's good as well. It's interesting to see her in a more dramatic role, but definitely the film belongs to John. Ciao. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Um, yeah, who people would recognize, of course, as Sulu in the new um, Star Trek movies. So it's uh, great. Is, is it a horror or is it a thriller? Because it's, it's set up like thriller. it's kind of a horror. It's more thriller. Is it one of those like, um, I know it's not Jason Blum, but it's not one of his. But isn't there another? Is it like produced by one of those small horror houses? Or? I think it's... Um, no, it's not produced screen, by... Screen Gems. It's Sony yeah, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually I watched it again uh, recently. I went to see it when it first came out, uh, which is Don't Breathe. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Don't Breathe? I haven't, no, but it's, I've heard great things. Have you yeah. seen a producer, Dave? Do you know, I actually started watching it. It's on Netflix, yeah. I stopped yeah. watching it. Oh, were you scared? Uh, no, I wasn't scared enough, I'd say. It, just, it sounds it like you were scared me. in your line. Uh, I never learned how to lie because I'm from Cork. <laughs> Poor people, tell nothing but the truth. We only tell the truth. <laughs> That's it. We are a kind people. Unless you're talking about Roy Keane. What do you mean? Same. He's a god amongst men. There you are now. <laughs> so why did you stop watching it? Uh, I just wasn't overly enthralled by it. Um, and maybe I just wasn't in the mood. 
the appropriate mood for such a film. I, I enjoyed the premise, which is why I watched it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just didn't grab me. I'm sure I'll get back to it at some point. <laughs> it sounds like kind of a, is it was a, more like a slow burner and maybe we're... Oh, yeah. Do you know that? what? I, I think it's um, it's interesting because the, I think it, they might be from the same shingle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that they're from the same shingle because yeah. it is one of those uh, kind of... There's, there's not really a hook to it or a hook being that like, if there is one that burglars break into a house, the guy who owns the house is blind and they think it's going to be an easy... Oh, this is just going to be an easy score. And then, but the whole story is told from the burglar's point of view. Mm. Um, and it ends up turning into this kind of horror movie. So the guy who directed it um, is directing the new girl with the pearl earring, girl with the earring. Oh, uh, girl in the spider's web? Girl, girl in the spider's yeah. web. So there's about 15 of those movies. <laughs> um, and you know what? He's so David Fincher. Mm. Um, how, how he moves the camera and the tensions. It's similar to Panic Room, even in the setup of, of how some of the characters are. And I think there's, there's a little bit of a harkening back to, um, um, what's his name? Jordan Kelleleto. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. He does a bit of a harkening back to him. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. I digress too much, Deirdre. I apologise. But it just kind of reminded me yeah. of that, that these movies that cost probably like, because this is doing very well at the mm-hmm. box office. It's, it's been released at specialty box office. Now, I think that was made for less than $10 million. Did $150 million, mm-hmm. uh, worldwide. Is, do you see this movie breaking out? Yeah, I understand that this one is similar and I'm not sure if it's exact budget, but my understanding is it was quite a modest budget. Um, so yeah and I mean even we were talking about this before the fact that it won the audience award at Sundance I think is always that's a good sign huge, right? you know, the audience responded to it really positively exactly yeah yeah it is a film that you should go see with an audience and go see on the big screen I know that's kind of such a cliche to say go see it on the big screen but really there is like the movie experience of it is so much more do we know who directed other it people. Um, oh his name escapes me now Producer Dave's going to look He's it up go- for me. Googling. <laughs> to you. Google with Producer Dave. Um, yeah, my understanding is he just had one other kind of feature before this. Um, and this is kind of his first big gig. Um, but he's done a great job with it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does You used next. to see that back in the day where, where directors would have made their way into films mm-hmm. vo- like via kind of horror genre picks. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little, because they're generally quite cheap and it's mm-hmm. a nice little way of exploring whether or not they can make a film, I suppose. Well, I mean, so many major directors have taken that route, like the likes of even Peter Jackson, Sam Mendes. They started off in horror, you know. That's very well. Sam Mendes. So you think of Sam Raimi? Oh, sorry. Sam, yeah, maybe like, that's who I meant. I was like, Whoops. I was like, like, I think Sam Mendes' first movie was was um, uh, we won an Oscar for American Beauty. Are Did she? Sure? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a tear, he's a tear to backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and I remember the time because it was DreamWorks had a big year that year because it was American Beauty mm. and Gladiator. So everybody's like, oh, get them. Get the yeah. Steven Spielberg and all the... That's not a bad start either. It's not a bad start, is it? Yeah. She probably just quit while you're ahead. Yeah, Kevin Spacey probably should have just quit while he was ahead as well. Oh, dear. Uh, uh, do you know what? It's, it's, ru- it's ruined them. Like some, well, movies certainly don't know he was a star in. It's like, mm. oh, you look back at them now and it has dirty the bib a little bit. Perhaps. What were you going to say there, Dave? It's all objective, really, isn't it? It, it, it really is. Look, uh, you can't see his slight the smile. director's name, uh, forgive my pronunciation, is Anish Chaganti. Chaganti. Well, in fairness, that's why I couldn't yeah, remember it. Yeah, <laughs> we struggle, we yeah. struggle with uh, the pronunciations. The names are the best of time if they're not spelled out photonetically. And, and he also had Adventure Wisconsin in 2012. Those yeah, maybe that was the one. What's his background? Can you see there? Is he, is he on music videos? Uh, couldn't really tell you, no. Um, no, it's a bunch of films and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose as you'd expect from yeah. <laughs> Fair well, There you are now Yeah Okay so it's interesting to see whether this one is going to how well it's going to do in Ireland Yeah um, Because it's a, it's a strange time of year mm-hmm. isn't it? August is really a, 
and the kind of early September is you're kind of in that weird zone between blockbuster movies and and prestige films. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that this film is great. Like, I would put it up there with like even a Quiet Place, just in terms really? of like, yeah, just in terms. Of, I love a good thriller. You know, yeah. I love one that you can just get totally immersed in, and one that has your like, you know, heart pounding, and you get really excited. And ones that I feel are like quite innovative in a way. And I feel like this one is that. Now, I know, like I said, that Unfriended has kind of used this particular format before, but I've never seen it used kind of to this extent, you know, to kind of create emotion as well as drama and thrills, you know. So I think that it's a really it's a really great film and it's been getting great reviews. People have been comparing it to Hitchcock. People have been saying it's a game changer. I think it's a really good one for people to go and check out. Which is one of those that it's, it costs so little to make that yeah. studios are going to be like, look, our, our losses here are going to mm. be minimal at most. I feel like a lot of films are probably going to like kind of go off the back of it and maybe do copycat versions of it, which yeah. I think is going to happen with A Quiet Place as well, probably in the coming years, because um, it's just it it's a formula that obviously works, you know. A Quiet Place was like, it was about 16, 17 million dollars, but the effects were so good. I this. know. Yeah, I don't know how. It's no matter some movies, it off, some yeah. movies can do that mm-hmm. with like very little budget and then others are you know, hundred and something million on their shit. They look crap. <laughs> How does that happen? Like, I don't know. Okay, so that's it for reviews. What reviews wise this week? So, um, there's actually there's a lot of movie news this week. Dude. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, cool breaking stories. Yes. Uh, so, do you want to? Do we just stand here perfectly still? We'll try to play some music. You dance. I am dancing. Dave's dancing. There we go. Um, sticks in the head doesn't it (laughs) that Pearl and D music it sticks in the head I enjoy it so this one is fresh hot off the presses just this morning in Um, Alec Baldwin is joining the cast of the Joker movie so we know that this film was greenlit um, last month we know that Joaquin, sorry again for pronouncing. Joaquin Phoenix is right. You're right. Joaquin? Yeah. Okay, yeah. grand. Joaquin Phoenix is playing the uh, titular role. Other cast members who've been confirmed so far include Robert De Niro and Zazie Beetz, who I love. I just think she is so, so Deadpool cool. Deadpool too, Atlanta. She yeah, she's amazing. awesome. She's amazing. She's so cool. Um, also, Mark Maron of Glow is going to be in the film, but Alec Baldwin is the latest to be confirmed and he is going to play, and this is quite an interesting twist on it because it's like, oh, is Bruce Wayne going to be in it? But he is playing Thomas Wayne, who is Bruce Wayne a.k.a. Batman's father. And what's also interesting about the inclusion of his character is the fact that, well, I suppose he'd be best known in kind of the Batman canon as, you know, being infamously murdered outside the theatre. And traditionally in the early comics, he was murdered by the character of Joe Chill, who we would have seen Remember Batman Begins and we see him go through court and Bruce Wayne goes after him and everything. Um, But in the 1989 Batman from Tim Burton, it's actually Joker who kills um, Mr. and Mrs. Wayne so will they kind of take that route and show like maybe there's a relationship there but maybe it goes wrong we have no idea that's what that type of casting indicates though doesn't it that mm-hmm. is, if it's going to be an origin story as well and you're going to cast a big name like Alec Baldwin in mm-hmm. there that there's going to be a reason for it yeah, yeah. so can we see Joaquin Morden poor Alec well, I haven't seen uh, You Were Never Really Here, but I've heard that uh, he's no stranger to uh, killing gruesomely in that film. He's so. such a good actor, isn't he's he? He's so amazing. He's such a good actor. And he's got, he's got this way, I think, um, the movie made with Paul Thomas Anderson. I know he's made a couple of them, but the movie made The Master mm. uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, and um, it just, he, he's had this weird physicality in it where, and Amy Adams, or he had this weird, phys- what he had this like, he was calm, almost like he had a, like a spinal problem or something. So for the whole movie, he's got this weird, 
like that must have messed him up yeah. during production to, to mm-hmm. do that. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with that character. Yes. Uh, I know it's Todd Phillips directing it who did an old school and a hangover. Uh, he shoots a gorgeous movie, shoots mm-hmm. a really nice movie. Uh, I'm intrigued with Mark Maron's casting as well. Yeah. I just yeah. finished the second season of Glow last night. Oh, it's a great show, isn't it? It's such a fun show. Yeah. It really is. And uh, Mar- Maron is great in that. Have you watched Glow, Dave? I have not, no. Uh, it's, it's great. It's very good. You should watch it. You should binge watch that now with your girlfriend. You're I, welcome. I actually, I don't watch a huge amount of TV shows. There's a lot of, I, I, that's a real investment in my time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm kind of the same. I'd rather watch a movie and then talk about them with not you if it, Not if it's Don't Breed, you wouldn't. You even make what? it through that. It's only an hour and a half long. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm very busy. <laughs> you are. You produce a lot of stuff. I do. Very busy man. Um, but yeah, like mm-hmm. he's incredible at what he does. Marin is, like if anybody listens to his podcast mm-hmm. and listens to WTF, he's, he seems like he's just playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> or he's playing a version of himself, but he's great at it. Yeah. You know, he's just this kind of surly, miserable swine mm. um, with a kind of a heart of gold, there's kind of a hint of gold yeah. in there. So the budget for this is $55 million. Yeah, Which yeah. might sound like a, you know, a hefty sum, and it is, but comparatively to any mm-hmm. movies in the superhero realm, um, or the comic book adaptation realm, that's mm-hmm. not a lot at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way it's being described by Warners, um, and they've been quite specific about this, is that it's a dark character study akin to Taxi Driver more so than a superhero movie. So I suppose, yeah, it's kind of, I think it'll be interesting to see them go a bit, you know, off the grain and do something a bit different. And I think that Joaquin Phoenix is a great choice because he can really carry a movie and he's just so intense in every role that he does that you you're just fascinated to watch him and see what he does next because you, you you don't know he could just go mad all of a sudden <laughs> you just wouldn't know because he turned down a, he turned down a comedy he turned down dr strange mm. um he was he was offered dr strange and brian interviewed him for something and uh he brian asked him about turning down dr strange it was before it had come out mm. and uh, sort of it could have, the script could have had multiple incarnations mm-hmm. bef- like between him turning it down and the film coming out so he brought, he kept running like kind of a generic answer on camera, and then Brian said it to him after. He goes, "Oh, like why? Why did you turn down?" And he's like, "Yeah, the script was shit." Yeah. <laughs> so it must be decent. There must mm-hmm. be something in here for him. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. And I mean, it's the writer behind it. Just incidentally, I have lost my place. Scott oh, Silver. Scott Silver. Yeah, who would have done Eight Mile and the yeah. Fighter? So he's a good writer. Martin you know? Scorsese producing. Mm-hmm. Executive. <laughs> Executive producing. Brought to you by Martin Scorsese. Yes. Mm. I'd be interesting. When, do you know when that was going to come out? Probably late ne- next year. I they? think actually they're planning on a quick enough turnover. I think they're planning on October 2019, which means it's probably, again, you know, departing from the superhero genre in that I don't think it's going to be very effects heavy if they're planning on that quick a with turnover. That, with, that, you know? with that amount of money as yeah, well. Like exactly, it's going to be yeah. tricky to do, I suppose, sequences, at least mm-hmm. if they're planning on doing action sequences. That's just it, yeah. Okay, what else have we got? Um, so why did Danny Boyle really quit Bond? Ooh, this Will has been a hot topic. Know? This has been a hot topic and we recorded the show last week <laughs> before yeah. that news broke. We were struggling for movie news last week. Like, Shit. I know. And then that happened and it's like, oh. Then the show goes out and we're like, dumbish. Yeah. So obviously originally the reasons why, you know, uh, Danny Boyle had quit um, Bond 25 was creative differences. Well, he did quit. Like this, yeah. So this is everything we're hearing now. He did walk away. Yeah, yeah. that he did walk away. Um, initially, the Telegraph were saying that it was because of casting clashes with Daniel Craig. It was unclear about who wanted and who didn't want this actor, whose name is Thomas Cott. But whatever way it was working out, if you're, you know, having arguments with the Bond and disagreeing about him, you know, that's yeah. not exactly a good sign. Um, but the latest report um, suggests that Boyle 
quit because essentially Barbara Broccoli, who's been a long time producer of the Bond franchise, wanted to kill off Bond and have him reincarnated in a Doctor Who-esque way. Boo, boo, boo. How would that have, I mean, is there wires been crossed here, do you think? How would that have worked? Bond is yeah. in a sci-fi movie. I don't, yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Moonraker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised about the whole killing off Bond thing. I mean, I think that they're probably kind of planning that anyway. Although I would really like, okay, spoiler alert for the Bourne series, if they did something like Bourne Ultimatum-esque. Yeah. If like you thought he was gone, but then actually he like comes out of the water or something. That was awesome the way they did that. It the was mo- so the well Moby, done. The Moby soundtrack just yeah. kicks in, he moves for a second and you're like, yes. Oh, it's amazing. And then it's Jeremy great. Renner comes in and you're like, no bueno. No bueno, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. That didn't work at he all. He did come back for a fourth one but I I think we can just write that off and just say they should have left it at ultimatum they should have left it there anyway yeah but I mean how do they like want to well it wasn't sorry it wasn't reincarnate the word they used they said regenerate so I suppose the whole idea is that you know as we've been discussing before this is where the whole idea of like the new bond or bond in like another form be it like kind of you know yeah. A black bond or, or a whatever. Woman to, even. Or a woman. <gasps> you know, God forbid. Um, <laughs> well, they're producing that. that so they're sarcastic. producing that. Uh, the rhythm section. They're producing. Barbara Broccoli's producing mm. that movie. Um, and that was shot in Ireland with, with Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. And that's apparently with quite bond and tone and stuff. And yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a neon production. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there, there'd always been that. Um, idea kind of behind Bond that you know people had their theories and stuff about the character and, you know I sp- like I suppose um, Skyfall really went into detail and Spectre went into detail about explaining where Bond came from mm, yeah. um, but and you know his, like his parents and you know spoiler alert his brother and all that stuff yeah, his, his yeah. dad and all that crack um, so he, there's a universe around Bond and then there was these theories that oh like 007 is just the, the number that the, each agent is given and then James Bond is the name that each agent is given. So it makes sense in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Spectre, I, m- I remember talking on the old, on the old movie show uh, ages ago mm. about how I thought Spectre was the last one Daniel Craig was going to do because mm. it was so bookended. Like the end well, I mean, was he was of, saying it was the last one he was going to do, you know? It was just the money, do you think? It was just the money. He's a great Bond. Yeah. He's a really good Bond. But they're giving him like <laughs> 50 million or something. Would Are you they? really turn it down for that? Well, that was like the last rumour. That was like, you know, of what was it, last autumn or something when yeah. he said he was, was going to do it? There was yeah. going to be two more for like silly money. Yeah, yeah. Because it takes up two years of his life. Okay, so Boyle's gone. Who do, who do you see? The, I know there was a bit of a short list. Matthew Vaughn's name's been mentioned, which is cool. Matthew Vaughn's name's been mentioned. I think that he would be a good choice. Um, Jan Demange has been mentioned now. 71. He did 71 and he's doing um, White Boy Rick, actually, which Matthew is a film coming out. Yeah, with Matthew McConaughey. Um, apparently, he's the front runner. But I mean, I, I feel like we haven't really seen enough from him as director to know that he can handle a Bond movie. Although I would also argue that if the choice goes to someone like him, it would be because the studio know that because he's, you know, that less experienced as a director, he's going to be much easier for the studio to mould. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and th- that had generally been what had happened with the Bond movies before, where they'd hire journeyman directors mm. uh, who had made whatever, like Roger Spotsworth did a Pierce Brosnan when he made Stop on My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah. You know, like people who could just get the budget in over time. And then they'd, I think Vic Armstrong was the second unit director, mm-hmm. a big stunt man, and he would just, he would cover all the second unit action stuff. But it, it moved, with Sam Mendes, it, it had really moved on from there. To yeah, you, like, I know. I don't want them to take a step back now, yeah. you know. So that's why I think that they should be giving it to someone like Matthew Vaughan. 
Um, he's got real panache. Matthew Vaughan's yeah. got real panache as a director. Mm-hmm. I think the last Kingsman wasn't as good as the first. It was grand, mm-hmm. but the first Kingsman, uh, Kick Ass. Um, mm-hmm. I loved Stardust. I really loved Stardust. Have you, have so you seen Stardust? I do. I know people love it, but I just think it's okay. Yeah. I don't know why. It, some people seem to really, really like it. Um, but I'm not mad about it. I thought it was sweet. And and X-Men First Class, obviously, as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's that, handled yeah. the big budget stuff. Mm-hmm. He is apparently one of the reasons why um, Daniel Craig got cast as James Bond. Oh. Um, because, he, yeah, he made Lair Cake. Oh, and yeah, of course. And a whole sequence of Lair Cake with Daniel Craig kind of looking like James Bond. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Vaughan had said previously before that he came as close as you can get to making a Bond movie with Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. So... I would, you know, Yandam- it would be nice if it kind of came full circle. Wouldn't then, it? yeah, that would be nice. That'd be lovely. Maybe yeah. we're in negotiations. The news better not break. <laughs> Who's going to direct the next this? Twenty-four hours. Is, are they going to push the movie back? They're going to have to because they were going to release it next November, weren't they? I haven't heard anything about it yet. I think that for now, production is kind of halted. Yeah. You know, because there were that's exactly what the issues were when uh, Bull was working on it. Um, that there were kind of, you know. The writers were going to and front. The cast and crew didn't know where they were going or what was going on. So, I mean, there hasn't been any official announcement that it's been moved, I suppose, because, you know, they don't want to admit how much shit it's actually in. Yeah, I mean, how how does a $200 million movie, whatever it's going to cost, probably mm-hmm. more. Yeah. How do you get to that point? I never understand how a director's hired. Mm. And there have been a back and forth about Danny Boyle coming on in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And and then you get to a point where you're like, something as big as that. Because mm. John Hodges had written a script that Danny Boyle was happy with and the, the previous two, Neil Purvis, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the other chap's name, who have written uh, most of the Craig Bond movies. Yeah, like, I think they've degree. written pretty much all of yeah, them. Yeah, or been involved from the plots or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So Boyle was obviously bringing his own take to this. Mm-hmm. But how do you get to that point where it's a massive thing, like we're yeah. going to kill James Bond? Yeah. Comes up like in what a meeting, like yeah. Barbara's on the jacks and is thinking, Do you know what? And then just text Danny Boyle and he's like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I dramatize or like, that scenario. Or like would they not have, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but would they not have been talking about this in much earlier stages before actually confirming Danny I mean. Boyle is directing? I don't know. It's it seems very messy to me. Or did they think they would convince Danny Boyle? I mean, like, he had a long-running feud with Ewan McGregor. He strikes me as a very stubborn man who's very, they made, you know, got they his made ideas, up, They made up, though, in the end, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they yeah. did. But, I mean, it took years. Because they talked about that on Graham Norton. Yeah. Um, and it was really sweet because, well, Ewan McGregor wanted to be in the beach. Have you heard this story? I have not, no. Um, Ewan McGregor, so basically producer Dave, uh, Ewan McGregor thought he was going to be cast in the beach because it, mm-hmm. it was late 90s, mid to late 90s, and it was Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie um, that he shot post Titanic so he was like an absolute superstar mm-hmm. and Danny Boyle was directing and he was doing well off the back of Trainspotting as well and Shallow Grave and had apparently promised Ewan McGregor the lead role in it and then Leonardo DiCaprio was like oh, I want to do it and they were like sorry Ewan McGregor he's gone so they fell out over that but when they made uh, the second Trainspotting movie mm-hmm. they became besties again and they were yeah. actually really sweet about it on Graham yeah Moore. it was very sweet but I mean they were fighting for years yeah. like years and years they only made up like shortly before Trainspotting 2 is my understanding. So basically feuding since just after Trainspotting to the new Trainspotting. Isn't that like, I don't know, a decade or something? Yeah. They yeah. Had a whole lot of those grudges just ignoring each other at the Golden Globes yeah. and shit probably. Ooh. Maybe they just didn't cross paths. That's what I was going to say, but mm. generally you would, I suppose, you know, for award ceremonies and the like. Not that not that Hugh McGregor's been nominated for anything recently, unless I'm missing something there. Zing. <laughs> That's but it's going to be in the sequel to The Shining, so we'll see That's what happens true. there. That's true. That'll be a big one for And him. Christopher Robin, which we... Uh, Weren't massive. Well, no. which Brian wasn't a massive. Fan I of saw it least. last weekend. Did actually, you? I wasn't mad about it. I'd have to and agree Disney, with everything. You're Disney mad, so no. I'd have to agree with Brian on basically everything he said, and that Don't it was tell just. Him that. <laughs> I don't agree with him. Takes too much joy in it. 
I'm going to go see it and I'll prove you all wrong. <laughs> there. My friend was very defensive about it. She was quite upset that I didn't like it. She was like, it was a perfect childhood movie. Shut up. I was like, okay. If they're going to go down, right? Okay, so if the Bond producers are going to go down, the uh, which I don't think they will. I think there's too much pressure on them to make mm. Bond in some way different. Yeah. Uh, there's a show on BBC. I watched the last 20 minutes of it last night called Bodyguard. Have you, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Nope. Um, big BBC series. I think it's a two or three part series. And Richard Madden from Game of Thrones and Ibiza. That movie Ibiza is basically the bodyguard and he's, he's um, protecting the Secretary of Defence in the UK. And he's very good. Mm. Like he's, he's like, he just, he has that action. He has those action chops. So I think, uh, I'm surprised to see that his name hadn't been booted around uh, when some other kind of, you know, not lesser names, but like kind of people of an equal footing um, would have been, you know, uh, what's, what's his name? Paul Dark, Aiden mm. Turner. You know, I like Aiden Turner. He's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, you know, he's, he's not really a superstar. Mm. And then, but I do think, I do think they're going to end up going down. They'd either cast a person of colour or they'll, like they'll go, and, and maybe even go nuts and cast a female. I doubt that. You just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Though. I think more likely, um, and I think it was you and Brian were talking about this last year, was maybe going for a younger Bond. Yeah. I think that's more likely than a female Bond. I think it'll be a while. Yeah, we're still going to be, that movie's probably not going to come out now until 2020. So it's a while mm-hmm. off, like. Yeah. Do you anyway. reckon it could be a thing of that they're looking at, like, say, the Marvel films and being jealous and wanting to do something huge maybe like, like have a multiple like have a universe yeah like I mean I would say the attitude towards James Bond now is that like it is an institution but it's kind of fair to middling kind of thing like you know like there's not the same anticipation for a James Bond film that there would be for a Marvel film these days that's so it's true like maybe yeah. they're just looking at that and going that should be James Bond kind of thing and yeah well I mean the last Bond I think did about 900 million globally the one before that went over a billion and yeah. Spectre wasn't great because yeah. um, Skyfall I think is superb it's, it's my favourite Bond movie um, I thought he, I thought Sam Mendes did an incredible job but and Christopher Doyle shot as well it's a stunning film mm-hmm. um, apologies if I'm wrong on that but I'm fairly certain he did and Craig is a, like a really great Bond um, it's only the cases that they haven't been making money I think there's so many fingers in the pie yeah. uh, with that series that they cost that everybody has to get their cut and Universal have mm. it now uh, and I think that's where Danny Boyle came in he's, he's had a, a, like a I think a relatively long relationship with Universal he directed yeah. uh, Steve Jobs for them as well so yeah like it, it's a constant like isn't it even in kind of news sites where Idris Elba was kind of taking a piss for a while saying uh, he, he might be Bond and then now it's the director merry go around again so it just just make the bleeding film already yeah let's just get I'm on great. with it I'll do it <laughs> can you call somebody yeah I mean, they won't be any good. Do you think be a good someone. Bond? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be great. Oh, and Cork God. people do not lie, Deirdre. He said that at the start and he genuinely thinks Roy Keane would be a good Bond. I do think he'd be great. Yeah. Roy, if you're listening, throw your hat in the ring. <laughs> but get us the Obviously Euros he's first. Listening. Yeah, get us the Euros first. Then you can go make movies or whatever it is you want to do with your time. Good stuff. Okay. okay, Dee, what else we got? So my very last news story, um, Oscar Isaac. Now, this is very much in the rumorville. Um, apparently, sp- supposedly. Reportedly. Dee's like, I'm not sitting on the fence. Oscar Isaac is being pursued for a role in the Batman. So the Batman has ended up kind of becoming quite a mess. Anybody who is a, you know, movie fan slash superhero geek who's been following news on the Batman has been aware that it's a bit of a shit show. Um, It really is. Well, the whole DC universe because of Justice League. Yeah, but especially to do with like Ben Affleck's involvement with it, because initially he was going to direct in it, 
star in it, produce it. I feel like, you know, that gig from Little Britain. Oh, yeah. Right. The theme oh, tune, yeah. Sing the theme tune. <laughs> um, but no, that's initially what he was going to do. And, and write it. And write it. it yeah. yeah. And now he's not directing it anymore. I don't think he's even starring in it anymore. My understanding is he just has a producing credit. And poor Ben Affleck has apparently reportedly just gone into rehab. So, you know, the whole thing is just not going well for him right now. Um, so now, yeah, it's all up in the air, but apparently Warner Brothers has been speaking with Oscar Isaac about some role. There hasn't been an offer or anything yet, but apparently both parties were very pleased with how the uh, meeting went. So Oscar Isaac could be in the running to play the Caped Crusader himself, you, do you, Batman. Do you think it's Batman he's been, because Matt Reeves is directing, right? Mm. The Planet of the Apes guy. Yeah. Uh, excellent director. Yes. And um, he does a superb job with those movies. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They're really underrated blockbusters. Yeah. Um, he's too, he's like five foot eight. I'm sure Tom Cruise is less not, not than Batman that. though, and he's a yeah. But I suppose you can you know smoke and mirrors, movie magic as you <laughs> yeah. call it, just shoot from a really low angle. Yeah, for the whole thing. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily see Oscar Isaac as Batman, I suppose. But you said you were a fan. You're a big fan of his. I am a big fan. Yeah, he's great. Lovely singing voice. Yeah. Why has he got a lovely singing voice? Because he can sing and it's nice. That's you think of Inside Lewin Davis or? Uh, yeah, Fairly Well is my favourite one from that film. And he, and he wrote and sang Never Had from 10 Years on Netflix. And he sings it beautifully. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. He's quite the guitarist too. Is he? Yeah. I wonder if he'll bastard. compete with your Patrick Wilson for multi-talent. We'll have to wait and we'll see. We'll have to see. Uh, Patrick Wilson should have been Batman. Or oh, he could have been he a good Batman, could. especially really good. with the whole Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, <gasps> that's that so probably what's holding him back. Yeah, well, I think he's probably a bit too old now as well. But uh, sorry, Patrick. <laughs> well, I mean, more likely in any case, it looks like Oscar Isaac would be in talks to play the supervillain who is apparently going to be the Penguin. It's got, so, it's a very cluttered yeah. university, isn't it? Mm. And when you talk about the Joker movie there as well and the yeah. DC universe is... Wonder Woman was such a success that mm-hmm. it can go off and be its own thing now, I yeah, think, and yeah. occasionally dip back in if it but needs to. But I think to. that's what they're trying to do more of now, yeah. especially with the how poorly Justice League went. You know, I think that they're realizing that it's better to invest a bit into those like individual properties. And I think that if Aquaman is a success come Christmas, they're just going to end up pursuing that more and more, you know? Yeah, hopefully it is. James Wan, I think it mm. looks fun as well. I think it looks great. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's good. I really want it to be good. I, I, I felt that way about Wonder Woman as well. I was like, please, please be good. And then it was amazing. So it was grand. Yeah, Wonder Woman, like, I mean, despite being a big blockbuster and having, you know, such weighty names attached, attached and been a comic book movie, because mm. everybody was so down on the, on the DC universe, so it was deadly to see it just come out and overperform. Um, but, you know, I think when... DC made that decision to go Batman versus Superman. They, they shit the bed. I think from that point onwards, mm-hmm. and then there was no going back. They'd invested so much money yeah. and invested everything in it, and either let's actually to make the movie he wants to make or don't. And yeah. apparently, his Justice League movie was a, a, a tad more coherent than what ended up being like a co Joss Whedon directed, mm-hmm. you know, special effects mess. Ultimately, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a Batgirl movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Although Supergirl that's still movie. in kind of. Um I mean, they're still very much in like development stages. I mean, there are like 50 ones in development. Like there's a Channing Tatum one as well. Gambit. Yeah. yeah, So, I mean, I don't know. I think it'll depend on, you know, the success of these ones going forward. And I mean, like the Batman was supposed to be coming out next year. And now the earliest we're going to see it is 2020, just because 
all these movies are basically just ending up in development hell. They have like really some really good ideas behind them, some good directors attached and stuff like that. And then they just don't know how to write the damn thing. I mean, it's the same way. It's exactly what happened with Bond 25. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do we, yeah. you know, write this? You know where you want to go with the characters yeah. at the start, I would say. Yeah. And uh, they did the Bond producers yeah. at least. Well, Bond is to. a different one in that it's like, how do you wrap up the yeah. story, I suppose, as opposed to, you know, starting one in the first place. So. Okay, um, let's move on to the revisit this week, D. You got a, you, you had the pick this week. Yeah. Uh, you're weak for yourself for this one. What are we revisiting? I picked Shrek. Princess, where are you? It's very spooky in here. I'm playing no games. Well, at least we know where the princess is. But where's the dragon? Yay! It's a bit of a it's a bit of an animated classic. This one isn't it is. It? it is. I recently rewatched it on Netflix. Uh, good. In preparation. Yes. Good. You actually rewatched. Yeah. The, not like um, Brian Lloyd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does it hold up? What about the? Because it's obviously it's CGI. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, when when the first Shrek came out, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't a huge amount of. You mean there were some obviously that's where animation was going, but it wasn't a huge amount of just CGI animation. Yeah. Yeah. It's still kind of a mix. Does oh, it hold yeah. up? Oh, it does. I mean, it, well, the only thing I would say about it is the animation itself has probably dated a bit. Like you watch it which and it's almost yeah. what you'd expect. I mean, you watch it and essentially what it looks like is that it hasn't completed animation yet. Like it's kind of like in the third stage oh, of five or something, yeah, yeah. if you get what I mean. Like there's just not the same kind of definition and detail that you see. Like I, I find that um, if you've ever gone and watched the Toy Story trilogy in a row one, two, three, you definitely see the changes in the animation and how much more superior and complicated in quality it becomes between one and three. Like it's a huge, huge difference. Um, but yeah, you definitely, like I said, it, it has dated a bit in that way. But the humor, it's still it's so, really so sharp funny. Script. Yeah. I mean, like, it's amazing, like how many nods and the fact that it's just a piss take of Disney. And still, <laughs> it's such a piss take of Disney and all those fairy tale movies that it still does, you know, quite a lot in like, like Christopher Robin is essentially another kind of childhood, you know, nostalgic fairy tale type story. So Disney is still very much invested in that. So the fact that DreamWorks have this like piss take of all of those conventions, I think is kind of brilliant. The reason why I was inspired even to see this, it's amazing how you see those little like, you know, extras come out over the years. Like, remember how we were looking at, um, whatchamacallit, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, and we saw yeah. the tweet of the fact that, um, whatchamacallit, Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon is actually walking in the background. Well, what inspired me to pick Shrek was because somebody shared this thing that they'd noticed in Shrek, which I never picked up on. And I'm actually going to get Charlotte to share the images, but it's so clever. So um, obviously it's populated by all of these fairy tale creatures and everything out and at one point we see mama bear daddy bear and baby bear all locked up in cages this is when Lord Farquaad is you know taking them away and then the next time we see daddy bear and baby bear it's when they're sitting by the fire in the swamp which is where they've been evicted to and then Shrek goes <laughs> off on his journey and everything the next time you see mama bear she's been killed and made into a rug in Lord Farquaad's castle and I never ever picked up on that it's so dark That's- and genius it is quite dark I, I actually do remember that it's like but, it's seconds you know yeah, but to be fair it was the fact that my younger sister hello Maureen uh, <laughs> watched that video at home I would say twice a day for yeah. about four months so yeah. I have that film imprinted on my brain but yeah that I, I loved how dark that yeah. was that was great there's some great gags in it in general 
uh, Lord Farquhar, like uh, John Lickout is the voice. Yeah. And uh, the, the gag where he's like, the mir- it's mirror, mirror. Yeah. The mirror, the, the mirror doesn't give him the answer he wants, so he has one of the lads smash a mirror in front <laughs> of him. I remember pissing myself laughing at that in the cinema as a grown-up. It's a very bold film. There's another there's another scene with Lord Farquaad again where he's in the he's lying like um, with his bare chest out, like show me the princess. And then he very distinctly looks under the blanket and you know what Lord Farquaad (laughs) is doing. (laughs) The children don't know what he's doing, but we know what he's doing. It's so bold. And I mean, like the opening scene is Shrek reading a fairy tale and he's taking a shit. Like how many (laughs) cartoons open with that? It's ridiculous. It's brilliant. It doesn't really happen anymore. Does this like yeah. ones that are made for kids? I don't, would they get away with that nowadays in social media? I don't. Somebody I don't be feel outraged so. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like DreamWorks, like even in films like The Road to El Dorado, there are some like really adult jokes in that, but they they aren't as kind of I don't know subversive or as challenging or yeah. as bold as they used to be, like ha- hiding in those jokes. I don't know whether like they've gotten too like scared to do that or whether it really would affect you know the rating now. Although I think that like so much stuff goes over kids' heads. I mean, I remember watching Grease as a child and then. It was only when I watched it as a teenager I was like they just talk about sex constantly in this movie don't they like you don't realise it till you're older so I, I wish that animated movies were still like they were in the good old days that's not know? even animated movies like you look, yeah. at, you look at a plot of American Pie and it's lads like kind of betting who's going to get their whole force ah uh, well that was an O-rated yeah, film but at I mean, the time I mean, it's made for kids but like Porky's obviously did that in the 80s yeah, as yeah. well and the, I just can't see a film like that being made nowadays I know it's such a shame Although oh, we do have the happy time murders, that's true. if you consider that as the the equivalent, maybe of that. that's why people didn't like it. So we'll have to get to that and see what the crack is. Want to go see Black Klansman as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yet to see that. So what do we think for a revisit next week? Would you like to pick a revisit sometime, David? Oh, that's a good idea. Any any film yeah. you'd like to talk about? Um, yes, but you've put me on the spot, <laughs> so not right now. You will leave you time to ponder. <laughs> Who's yes. uh, Who would you say is not necessarily your favorite, but who's one of your favorite actors? One of my favourite actors. Oh, golly. Uh, I, I'd be quite a fan of Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Uh, D, madam. Yeah, I did. How was he? Intense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam Rockwell, actually, would be my favourite actor. Sam Rockwell's awesome. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of people like him. Yeah, he's cool. So what's love Sam him in, um, whatchamacallit, Seven Psychopaths. I oh, love Seven yeah. Psychopaths. It's I've in my top Moon. ten films. I've seen Moon, yeah, loved it. We could talk about Moon. We could. We absolutely could. We could revisit Moon next week, maybe, because mm. uh, it's sci-fi and Brian's a nerd as well, so I'm yeah. sure he'll be into it. And I haven't seen it, so it's an excuse to watch one I haven't Actually seen. Actually, to watch it, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? It's crap, though, because the the UK and Irish Netflix doesn't have... You see all these movies getting promoted. Oh, mm. no, new to Netflix on, like, whatever the American sites. Deadly. Yeah, and then they're not being added to the Irish one. That kills me as well. I know exactly what you're talking it's about. It's not great at all, is it? Not ideal. Not ideal. We live in an imperfect society. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, Dave. He's quite deep this week, isn't he? Very philosophical. Yeah. You spread those philosophical wings. Just don't have an existential crisis. We need you to record stuff. Okay. There we are now. <laughs> Dee, thanks. Thanks to Charlotte Reed in production. Um, thanks to producer Dave. Before we go, can we just, um, if Charlotte wouldn't mind, can we just show that new John Wick image? There we go. Thanks, Mel, for that. <laughs> See you next week. Hey! <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Dead girl off the table. Where are we supposed to put it? The bed's taken. What?